The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible, and today we're going to hear about optimizing large websites and tracking SEO effectively. Joining me today is Sal Sura who is the Director of SEO and Content at Seamless AI, which drives and delivers the world's best sales leads by maximizing revenue, increasing sales, and acquiring your total addressable market instantly using AI. This podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Today, Sal and I are going to discuss optimizing big websites with structured templates. Here's my conversation with Sal Soro, the Director of SEO and Content at Seamless AI. Sal, welcome to the Voice to Search podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. Love being here. Yeah, super excited. We got lots of fun things to talk about. Sal reminded me that we met like 10 or 15 years ago. So the SEO world is, uh, <laughs> is one that you know, keeps on giving. It's great to reconnect. Obviously, you're someplace new now. And before we get into our topic of optimizing websites and templates, I, I want you to just share with our listeners where you're at, um, who you're working with, uh, the, the company you're with, because this is such a unique category and how AI products are leveraging SEO is still very new to that category. So if, if you can tell us a little bit about Seamless, what you're doing there and the kind of the journey you've been on with them. Yeah, it's a very exciting space to be in right now, which is what gets me excited to uh, go to work each day. You know, coming from some of the traditional mature uh, industries where, you know, very established players, very established SERPs, very much in the AI space right now, and especially within AI tools, you know, the industry's wide open. There's new things coming in all the time, new features, uh, new companies. Uh, obviously, some of the big players like, you know, OpenAI with ChatGPT. 
people are very familiar with, but there's so many smaller and mid-sized companies that are doing some really great things in the AI space right now. Uh, so it's very exciting to be on this journey, uh, working in this area. I come from a background of, you know, content and large websites. And so coming into Seamless was a little bit new for me because they didn't have a whole lot uh, offering yet. And that's why they brought me on because we're excited about building some really great, uh, exciting things uh, within Seamless to really help people find it and uh, be able to connect and get the data that they need at the time they need it. Absolutely. And I mean, one of the crazy things about the AI space, right? Like there's just tons of verticalization happening, right? Whether it's for sales teams or customer support teams or, you know, content, content production. We've heard a lot about that. We know all about that stuff. But the really fascinating piece that I find super intriguing is that the exponential growth in demand that consumers are going to Google searching for these products, solutions, use cases, problems like they're using google at this crazy pace and none of the tools none of the research out there really gives us a clear picture of where to go or how to invest if i was starting a shoe website today i'd have tons of data i'd know what shoes what colors what brands i'd have tons of data but in this space it's very hard to get good data how are you dealing with that problem that is uh one of the definitely one of the toughest challenges within especially SEO that we deal with. Obviously, even when you're getting rankings, rankings are so subjective because based on personalization, uh, where you're at, area, uh, localization, there's so much that ties into even rankings that, you know, you might get a report saying you're number one or you're number five and you go to the look and, and you're not seeing it in that position because different time of the day, different personalization, other things. So there's so much that even goes into rankings. It's definitely a directional type of metric. You know, when it comes down to it, your, your really truth or the source that I often say is when you're dealing in organic space, you really only have one true source uh, outside of your own data collection. And it's, it's Google Search Console, which is both helpful and unfortunate at the same time. Being able to take that data from like Google Search Console, piping it into Looker or other places is so much more valuable to be able to slice and dice it. You could create much more reports. I almost wish within Google Search Console, they'd go back a little bit further because sometimes, you know, you could go year over year for like the last quarter, but you can't go year over year for like the last six months or even a full year trends. So you could do certain analysis within there, but it's tough to go back even further. But Google Search Console is is really, you know, your only source for keywords, your only source for rankings as far as like positional data that is somewhat more factual than what you're going to get from a lot of other sources. We do rely on some ranking tools out there, but for me, it's very much a directional type of piece. I'm, I'm not going to report that up to C-suite. I'm not using rankings as, as my, I'm definitely not staking my reputation on rankings and, you know, wanting to report that daily or even weekly to where that's becoming a performance metric. It's certainly nice to look at, but at the end of the day, it's really about traffic, you know, traffic to the website. That's, that's quality traffic, traffic that's meaningful and doing something. Looking at engagement is another big thing for us. If you're getting, you know, traffic to the website, anybody can get impressions. Anybody can go out there and, and push some stuff to get traffic and get people in the door. But what is that? Tra are they really intending to see that particular content? Are they really looking for that brand? And so we're looking at engagement bounce rates, uh, time on site. Obviously, Google looks at dwell time. So it's something that we take into account as well. Making things that are sticky and keeping people on the site is very important to us. So 
making sure they get there and not just leave is definitely something that's on our mind as well. So outside of within the SEO SEO world, you know, it's nice having your your rankings and being able to get some sort of analysis on on competitors as well. Uh, some of the tools out there do a great job pulling back, you know, some of the gaps, some of the keywords that might be uh, out there that you're not targeting yet that you're competitors are targeting. There's some great tools for research, but for us at the end of the day, we're looking at traffic. We're looking at impressions. We're looking at engagement on the site outside of the rankings, which typically are, are nice to have. And, and another thing that I find frustrating within the SEO industry, just my little soapbox real quick. Sure. Yeah, please. All the tools are all you know, usually based around rankings. They, it's like they don't want to give you the tool without how many rankings, you know, how many keywords you want to track. And that's that's always like the first thing people ask. And it's I almost want to say, can I just have the tool without any rankings? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need the rankings. Like, it's fun to look at. To me, I think it's almost like a vanity metric. You know, how many positions, how many do you have in the top 10? How many do you have in the, to me, it's like, I could have a bunch in the top five. Are they driving any traffic? Are they, are they keywords that are actually meaningful from, and that traffic's doing something? Right. You know, uh, versus surprisingly going after keywords that maybe not big volume, or you might be lower on the position pool, but it's actually driving more meaningful traffic. I like those more than something that I'm ranking number one for, and but it's not doing anything for me. So the rankings, a lot of times are, are vanity metric. Uh, I love some of the analysis and tools uh, out there that could do competitive research, do some site audit research. And I want that data. The rankings are like, well, okay, nice to have, but they want to they can't just charge you sometimes just for the access of the tool. They got to charge you by, you know, credits. I think href does credits. Uh, other people do keywords. And it's like, I just want to be able to access this tool and get some data without having to uh, look at all the vanity metrics. But yeah, it is certainly nice to get a lot of things into those first positions. <laughs> 100%. And I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, is like one of the challenges, you got to have data coming in, right, to help make good decisions on what to optimize and where to invest. And that's really the main theme of our session today, which is optimizing big websites and managing that through templates, right? And I think that for a lot of our listeners, especially the folks who are working at agencies or, or sometimes folks that are working with small businesses, it's tricky because WordPress is rather synonymous today with the internet, right? I mean, so much of the internet is, is on WordPress, which means to some extent you have some limitations in terms of what you're building. But the reality is that Templates are more than just what you get out of the box, right? And I think a lot of the work, in my opinion, when it comes to templates on a website, start with working with the teams who are going to create this experience, right? It's before you even deploy the first page, the work that is done with SEO to make that page effective for the first and the 10,000th page or the millionth page. So Sal, tell me a little bit about that and how either do that at Seamless or have just done that in your career, making templates really effective before you publish anything on them. That's a great, uh, great point. Great segue right there because outside of, I've you know, been with industries that, uh, companies that already have such large websites where you know, one template or URL can control millions of, of permutations and generate so much traffic. But what's really fascinating right now working at Seamless is we're building out this experience from scratch, uh, obviously going after our competitors. We have some competitors in this space, Zoom Info, uh, Apollo, that have large websites with huge directories to be able to showcase all this wonderful data and all this information that they have. We don't have that at this point. So we're building that out from scratch. We've been working on it for months uh, and it did start with the design. So we got 
with our product teams, our design teams, our marketing teams, all of those teams before we ever even talk to engineering or dev or architecture, because we wanted to find out what exactly, what's this experience we want to build. We looked at our competitors, wanted to understand what are the competitors doing? What are they doing good? What are they doing bad? What do the customers want? We did go out to the customers and ask them what would help. So we got a lot of feedback from a lot of different sources just to figure out what exactly do we want to build? Is this the right thing? Are we in the right direction? And from there, we were able to isolate. We only needed two templates. So it, it came to uh, light that, you know, originally we thought this was going to be much bigger scale, it might be, you know, anywhere from a dozen templates or maybe a little bit less depending on the different experiences. But the way we discussed it and mapped it out and figured out what we were going to need, we said, no, we just need two templates. So that we went with the design team and said, build us these nice experiences. And working with the design team, we were able to flush out a great layout that is going to help us compete in the marketplace, but also offer some additional features and benefits that aren't out there right now, which we think the users are going to certainly love. And from there, we then said, okay, now we have to get with product to figure out how do we build this, get with the engineering team, get with the architecture team to be able to integrate this because we, like you were mentioning earlier, uh, use a front-end CMS. It's not WordPress. Uh, we're actually using a great CMS called Webflow. Uh, for anybody that wants to check that out, it's a really great CMS. We actually were up for a Webflow brand transformation award recently uh, for our uh, transition from our website to a single page parallax to a much more multi-dimensional faceted site. So great job to our designers and dev team on that work. But so we were using Webflow, which Webflow, uh, like most CMSs, doesn't quite understand or have the ability to generate templates at scale and be able to integrate that within Webflow. So we have to now build this outside of our front end CMS, but be able to integrate it with that same infrastructure. So we're now working with our backend team, an outside contractor, in order to help bridge these gaps together, get that front-end technology to work with that back-end technology. And we're going to be using React and, uh, and JS to make all this happen, but still be able to deliver it uh, server-side rendered so that the bots and, and all the uh, crawlers can see all the information there. So it's extremely tricky, a lot of different places pieces coming together uh, from different places to make this all possible because yeah, you're dealing with one template that's going to have upwards of a million permutations, combinations that that one template can serve. So you have to figure out all the different variables, all the different syntaxes, a uh, lot of different pieces and a lot of different uh, variables that can populate the information on the page. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. 100%. I mean, the crazy thing is once you get all those teams, all that support, all that effort put into creating the perfect template for SEO, then comes the real hard work, right? How do you fill these things in? And I'm going to give you two different scenarios, Sal, because I think this is kind of how SEOs will often fall into these, these zones, right? There's the editorialized, or let's just say kind of the production type pages. These are pages that typically you're investing either with an editor, a writer, or it's kind of core to the ethos, right? Like an e-commerce site, it's your product pages, your PDPs, those kinds of pages, right? But then there's these programmatic pages, right? And these are often areas where you're adventuring into a new type of experience. You're trying to message to a new audience. You know, if you're in the software space, this might be like all of your integration pages. Or if you're more in like a B2C space, this might be the template that is part of like the programmatic elements on how you can solve for your customer support sections of your site, right? So all the different ways that your customers might ask questions or engage with content, right? Or if you're on a a review website, it might be how you categorize or organize all of the different reviews you might have. I want to ask the harder question here, which is on these programmatic plays, how do you think about filling in these templates and getting the right assets, the right information into these pages so that you have a great user experience and you have, as Google likes to put it, quality content? Right. That was definitely a trick for us. And and a lot of the data, unfortunately, is data that is already out there on the web. We're almost becoming an aggregate in a way because it's data that we're building a directory similar to what you'd see on, you know, other directories. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. It's, you know, just company information. You're getting, you know, the company's name, their address, their phone number, certainly not unique by any standard and not nothing that's extraordinarily great, you know, in terms of uniqueness and, and value. Uh, but what we're going to be doing, one thing is we're looking to structure it in a data table. So we're, we're creating a structured data table. We're going to be using, you know, structured headings, uh, table structured table headings. So we're going to be making it in a format that one, the bots love, that the bots can consume, that's digestible for both the engines and the users. So really structuring it in a way that is digestible is is one. Two, we are looking to not only, we have some advantage because there's already maturity somewhat in this space where we could go look at our competitors and say, what data are they showing? Well, let's show that same data and what additional data can we show? Uh, so we had to get with our legal team. There's definitely some talk back and forth about what information is considered proprietary versus information that we can readily show because we have some really awesome tools in our app like AI scores and confidence scores that you know help people to know that they're clicking on the right thing or using the right which it'd be nice it's almost like a rating that you know like a Yelp rating that I would love to be able to show on the front end but that's also kind of proprietary and 
information that we just can't show because that's what people are paying for on the back end. Whereas I would love to show that information because that would give even more value and uniqueness and validity, uh, something similar to what Yelp has. But there is definitely a balance of, you know, what can you offer versus, you know, what's considered proprietary or even uh, too much value that you want somebody to be logged in then to get that full experience. So there's definitely a little bit of a trade-off and a, and a little bit of a finesse to being able to get the right information out there so that it is meaningful. Uh, but we certainly, obviously knowing that this is to generate organic traffic and that we do have an app, the goal of these structured pages that we're building is to give people the information that they will have confidence that if they log in, they're going to get everything they need. So in in some regard, we want to give them enough, but not too much. So it is a, a little bit of a balance and finesse, uh, and especially when you're dealing with engines out there right now, you definitely want to provide something of better value than what's already there. So you certainly have that give and take of being able to give them enough, but not you know too much. <laughs> right. So, I mean- this is this is a great segue because you know as as I, I like to say like making the sausage is hard so like what you put in there and what elements and the content is is never easy. There's uh, the balance of what happens internally in the company and what you can share, what the company's willing to share. There's the assets that you're able to acquire and get onto the page. All that makes sense. Now the last question I have for you on this templates topic that I think is just the, the real beauty of SEO is the evolution that takes place with these, right? Often what happens is you build something, then you forget about it. It's no longer shiny and new. And it's been sitting out on the website for like five years. And your boss calls up and says, hey, Sal, traffic's down 10, 15%. What's going on? And you realize that you haven't refreshed or updated this template. So tell me about that process. Tell me how you prevent yourself from getting into that. Oh, you're just, you're getting me excited right now, Jordan. You don't even know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so that is a great, great question because the problem with such a large template is how, one, how do you roll it out? Do you literally just, here, Google, consume a million URLs, you know, just kick it all out the door. And, you know, like, uh, like you said, like, uh, you know, child, you're 18, go ahead and go out into the world and we'll see you whenever. No, it's definitely not like that. I know there's a lot of, you know, back in the day, I'm sure for some of these more grandfathered websites, that's how they did roll out. And it just took time to crawl and get indexed and, and get that rank and stability. But no, we're certainly not going to be uh, looking to just roll out a million URLs and think that Google's going to consume these overnight and, and start sending us traffic. We're actually looking to do this in a staged approach. So rolling out such a large number of URLs, I mean, how do you get that kind of crawlability? How do you get that kind of indexing? You have two options. You can either put out a sitemap or give them links to crawl. And I would have a problem with sitemaps that large just kicking out the door and saying, go ahead, go to town, Google. It's going to be great. Versus let's see what they can, what they're willing to consume. Cause we're such a new site. And really, I almost have to tell like, this is a per site kind of basis. You know, if you've got a larger site with so much domain authority and so much PR, Sure, you could probably roll out a larger number at once and get away with it. Google's going to, you got to look at your crawl budget, you know, based on your own crawl budget, how much is con Google consuming on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to really understand how many of these pages they're going to see. At Angie's List, for example, we used to fluctuate between 200 and 700,000 URLs a day. So there were some days where they would crawl, you know, three, 400, other days a little less, some days as high as, you know, seven, 800,000. 
uh, URLs. But our site had 7 million URLs. So even given that, we could see certain URLs, like especially deeper into the directory, the further you go into the uh, you know flow, you know, some of those pages might only get crawled twice a year, maybe once every six months if you're lucky. Uh, so even on those big sites with such large domain authority, you can't just expect Google's going to constantly be crawling them and, and indexing them. And hitting. Even if you make an update to that page, don't expect Google's going to hit that for, for a while. I mean, we wouldn't see changes really take effect for six months, a year, sometimes down the line, especially with large websites when you're talking millions of URLs. So the crawl budget is definitely a big factor. So for us, what we're looking at is we're going to roll this out in a staged approach where we're not giving Google all million right off the bat. We're going to say, Hey, digest, here's 20,000 or 25,000, like one sitemap at a time, probably 25,000 per sitemap, giving them one at a time and actually giving them links to crawl through those two. And after they get through those, give them another batch, maybe another month later, another few months later, and really stagger it out so that over the next couple of years, we won't have that decay. It'll actually be growth because you know every six months, we're introducing another 50,000, another 100,000, and another 100,000. Because we've got, you know, I think it was going to be with all the permutations, industries and locations and everything that we're going to build out. There's something like two million combinations plus several million profiles. So there's potentially I've got five million plus URLs that over the next several years, I could keep rolling out more, another hundred thousand, another hundred thousand. And so in a way, it's like this like staggered growth instead of, you know, here, push this all out. You hope it gets it. And then maybe after a few months, it gets flat. And then maybe you see a little drop because they don't like them anymore. Yep. Uh, we really are taking our our time with this this rollout and making sure Google's indexing them, crawling them, and getting to those URLs and, and actually seeing some traction before we we force more down uh, that pipeline. So uh, with these big websites, you just got to understand your crawl budget. You got to understand the indexing and, and know that Google's, you know, not going to crawl every URL every day. It's just going to take time. 100%. In fact, I was actually part of the uh, Angie's List team that transitioned Angie'sList.com, which was a 20 plus year old domain to a brand new just purchased domain, Angie.com. I was part of the team that actually transitioned those millions of URLs. And I could tell you, it took, it took about two months just for Google to start noticing it. <laughs> right. And we forced it. I mean, we were, we hit every button we could to try to force it down their throat. <laughs> and even then it took about a month for them to really start noticing it. Two months in, it really hit hard. And then it took about another six months to start seeing the recovery as they recrawled and indexed all those URLs. And about a full year in to really reestablish those redirects and get 80% of them out of the uh, old site and into the new site. So uh, with large sites, millions of URLs, it just takes time. Uh, Google's going to get to it. it. You just can't expect it to happen overnight. Right. And I think this is a great place for us to pause because in our next episode, we should dive into that case study. So for today, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thank you to Sal Sura the Director of SEO and Content at Seamless AI for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Sal and I are going to discuss misconceptions around effectively tracking SEO. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Sal, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website, seamless.ai. 
Okay. Thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 